Moncrief on News Talk. Anyway, you may be well familiar, if you're into cars, with the insignia on a Ferrari that depicts a galloping horse. That's actually based on a real horse, the Persano horse. It was once faced with extinction, but thanks to an Italian nobleman, uh, it's been saved. The journalist Charlotte Eager has been writing about this. Afternoon, Charlotte. Good afternoon. So could you first, I suppose, tell us the story of how the Persano horse ended up on, on the Ferrari? Well, the Persano horse was the great war horse of Italy. And, and it, the, the most important thing for me to say really is I'm just a journalist who covered this story. You know, the person who really is the hero of this is, is Prince Alduino di Ventimiglia di Monteforte. He is the man who saved this horse. He's literally spent the last 40 years of his life saving these horses from, from extinction. Um, so the Persano horse was a great war horse of the Kingdom of Naples, and it was bred in the 18th century by the, um, the kings of Naples. And it was bred for speed, for endurance, for courage. And um, it didn't eat me to eat very much. It wasn't very, wasn't very big. You could kind of take it anywhere. And it ended up on the Ferrari because it was so courageous that um, Francesco Barocca, who was Italy's great World War I fighter ace, had been a cavalry officer before the, before the First World War. And then when they, the Italians got an air force, a lot of their cavalry officers became... Um, pilots because it's the same sort of skills really you know courage and you know, determination and speed and the rest of it so Barocca loved his Persano so much he painted it on the side of his plane and then when he was killed which he was in June 1918 killed in action finally um, his mother said to Enzo Ferrari um, why don't you take my son's horse emblem and you can put it on your cars and they will then win they will be winners like my son Okay, and he did, obviously. And he did, yeah. yeah and the, the, the horses were subsequently used again in World War Two. is that right? Yeah, well, the Italians, you know, Italians still have a cavalry now, but obviously only for um, ceremonial purposes. But, the, yeah, the horses were still being used in World War Two. So in World War Two, they fought the last ever victorious cavalry charge in Europe was fought with these horses. And it was in Russia, southern Russia, um, near the River Don. And there was a six or seven hundred of them, and they galloped against the Russian Russian position. And apparently, they uh, they did it with sabres and hand grenades. Okay, that's what the, that's what the, the, the officers were, uh, the, and the men had sabres and hand grenades. They, the Russian forces just thought they were seeing something from a from war and peace, just thundering across the plain towards them. And the um and the horses were so brave and so courageous that they continued galloping after they were riddled with machine gun fire. Um, there are descriptions of kind of being full of bullet holes and blood spurting from them, but carrying on something. Apparently, someone continued to gallop even after they were dead. God. Uh, and so that was the last cavalry charge they were involved in. Uh, so yeah, presumably yeah. the attitude of the army towards these horses changed after that. Well, yes, it did. So what happened in the, the subsequent decades, is obviously you get the rise of the tank and the helicopter. And... Um, there was a point in the early 70s when the Italian army had to make basically an economic decision. And you know, did they still need these horses or not? And they had various different breeds of horses they were using. I'm not a horse expert by any stretch of the imagination. We should be talking to Prince Alzwino for that. But um, what he told me was the army were breeding horses for their looks because um, it was just for show now. Whereas the Pisanos, who are beautiful horses, but they're smaller, they're nippier. And... Um, Anyway, so they decided they didn't need them anymore. So in 1972, the old world stud, and there's also some sort of geopolitical stuff because the personas in Naples, Naples is stuff in Italy, 
um, quite a lot of the economic priorities in the north. Anyhow, so the Brissonnes were in the stud, uh, south of Naples near Salerno, and that was the royal stud of, 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 of the kingdom of Naples, the royal stud of Salerno, but it was, the decision was made to shut it down. And the horses were then, some of them were sold, and some of them were taken up to uh, an Italian cavalry stud at Grosseto in Tuscany, and where they were not being, you know, not they were being crossbred because they had qualities that the qualities of courage and speed, etc., weren't needed anymore. Um, anyway, at this point, after nine years, entering into the story is um, young Prince Alduino, as he was then. He was a show jumper. Um, he actually actually made the Italian Olympic team in 1984 for Los Angeles, but his horse, which was Irish, um, went lame, and so he couldn't compete. But he was a very, very, very good show jumper. So as a young man, I think he was called back 22 or something, he went to do his national service in 1981 in Grosseto. And he described to me, he said, he said he was walking up the Cunt Drive and he saw these horses in a field. And he said, it's an extraordinary feeling. The familiarity came over him. It was very, very odd. And he didn't know what he was looking at. And he asked, and he discovered that these were the Pasani. These were the war horses of his ancestors because he, his, his family came from the south of Italy. He's a Sicilian. And Naples was part of the kingdom of the two Sicilies. The, um, his ancestors would have ridden into battle. And he realized that they were being crossbred. He realized they were being bred out. And they, at the, that point, they only had one stallion, um, Persona Stalin in the army that they were using, but they were using him as, I don't know what they call him in Ireland, but I think here we call it a fluffer, which yes. is a basically Stalin who sort of gets mayor ready but doesn't actually get to do the deed. Mm. And he was quite old. Again, this is the one thing about this. You know, all these horses are quite old now because the stud had been broken up a decade beforehand. So he decided to save the breed himself. So he managed to buy at auction five mares, and it was very difficult because the um, in Italy, it's a very bureaucratic country, and you could only bid at auction if you're an accredited horse dealer. So he had to go around begging horse dealers to bid for him at these auctions when the horses came up for sale. They were all owned by the mainly owned by the army, but the army was actively disinterested in doing this, actively disinterested in, in, in helping continue the breed. So whenever the army sold a horse, Alvino would go and try and buy it, but he said he never knew that the sale had gone through until the horse was in his lorry. He didn't have it. He might be a prince, but he wasn't rich. You know, mm. This is not, not rich. It's not a rich place. The, um, anyway, so it was all done on a shoestring. So he bids, he managed to buy five mares, but he didn't have a stallion. And then he discovered that this fluffer, Pichotto, um, had impregnated, presumably by mistake, a Pisano mare. So he bought that mare who was pregnant, and then he bought Pichotto. And then they bred for a couple of years, but they only had silly. And then he discovered that another Pisano was come, Stalin was coming up for sale, the army was selling him, and they decided not to breed from him. Pichotto, the other one, was not registered to breed from. I don't know why that was the case, but there was, again, it's a little bureaucratic thing. But the next one that came up there, he, he had, um, they were going to breed from him, this Pisano Stalin, but he had um, swollen testicles, he had all kinds of, <laughs> so they decided they couldn't breed from him. So, um, so uh, Alduino bought him swollen balls and all, and started um, uh, putting into mares. Anyway, so he impregnated five mares that year, but they only had fillies. So this is all a bit of a nightmare. Mm. And then luckily the next year, I think there were four, three or four uh, male foals were born. So he then had some stallion foals. But, sorry, I'm not that expert about horses. You understand, so my vocabulary is probably not right. 
So, but they were all quite closely related to each other. So it was a bit wise. And also, they were all either bay or chestnut. And the persona also had this kind of fantastic kind of almost iridescent blue-gray-white train that came in from some stallions that had been given by this Ottoman emperor, Mahmoud II, to, um, to, uh, to the king of Naples in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And, but he didn't have any gray. And then he saw, when he was at a horse show, he saw this grey Pisano, this grey stallion, which he was convinced was a Pisano, that still belonged to the army. So he kind of got frightfully excited and tracked it down and discovered that it was indeed a Pisano. By this time, he'd got somebody very senior in the army on site um, because the changeover had happened. The head vet of the army had changed over and the new guy was on site. So he was with the programme. So they thought, well, we'll just leave it in the army. And this, this stallion had five folds, stallion folds. And then, and then, Alduino went to see him and he discovered it all been gilded. Oh. Much, but luckily, luckily, he'd sent one of his mares to the stallion before he'd been gilded. So he got one male foal out of that stallion. So at this point, he had about 30 horses and nowhere really to put them. So he managed to beg. His family had given a field in Sicily to, um, uh, to, a lo- to their local village um, a few years previously. So poor Alduino then had to go and beg the mayor of this village to give him the, um, allow him to have the field back. And um, which he did, he put the horses down there for a while. And then he then carried on sort of getting the breed we read. And this is a sort of a fight, really. I mean, as we know, I said to him, he said, I, I said, would you do it again? And he said, no, I'd take on the entire Italian state. <laughs> so he then had to get all the horses re-registered, the, the breed re-registered, because the breed had been closed. So that took quite a long time. And then in about 2007, the, the UN came on board and, and which is the UN Food and Agriculture section, they listed the horses as um, uh, on their endangered critical breeds list. Yeah. And which point the Italian state did sort of realise that, that, that Alduino had done something kind of amazing. And also people had begun to realise that these horses were very good for three-day eventing, for show jumping. Alduino is one of... They, they hunt with falcons on horseback in Italy. And Alduino is one of Italy's top experts in that. And he would do shows and he'd go and train people. He goes and trains Arab princes in the desert. So he was beginning to get known. I mean, you know, the horse world's quite a small world. Everybody began to know what he was doing. He began to get recognition. Anyway, so about five or six years ago, the Italian government told him that he could take the horses and keep them at a place called Cardatello, which is the royal stable built by the kings of Naples to show off these horses in the 18th century. And it has a racetrack. It's a wonderful Baroque palace. There's an obelisk in the middle of it. It's, he said to me, it's built like a theatre. It is literally designed to show these horses off. And what's interesting is it's 200 kilometres from Pisano, where they're bred. I think that's right. Maybe 100, maybe mm. round trip. But the round trip was what they would do to test the endurance and the speed of each horse. They'd see how long it took them to go from Pisano to Caldatello. That's so, extraordinary. Alduino was at for a few years, but one of the problems with southern Italy is there was a big problem down there with organised crime. Mm. And, yeah, so it became quite clear that the local crime bosses wanted their cut of this. And um, and more recently, they apparently, and Alduino didn't tell me this, um, a retired general told me this, um, they apparently threatened to steal the horses. At which point, the retired general, who, who was then the commander-in-chief of the Naples region, decided that the horses should be allowed to come back to Pestano, which is still a military base. It was the German military base in uh, World War II, and then after the Allies invaded Salerno, it became the Allies military base. But it's inside a military base. 
And so the horses were safe there. And so that really, you know, as Arduino said on Sunday morning when the horses returned to Fasano that day, you know, he wept for an hour that morning. He's achieved his life work. You know, there are now 80 horses, approximately. Um, they're being kept at Prasano. Um Their future is, is a bit vague, but it's safe. It's secure. Mm. There's talk of um, doing historical rides, it's horse trekking, displays. Arduino currently is in a very unusual position of owning the entire breed. And you know, this has taken a great deal of out of him emotionally and financially over the years. You know, he's, he's not loaded by his stretch of the imagination. When I asked him how much it cost, he just offered to laugh and pointed at his <laughs> car, <laughs> which is not large. And um, the, um, But he sells geldings, and one of them won gold, I think, at the Tokyo Olympics in the three-day eventing. Um, and he basically trying to maintain the sort of biodiversity of the breed. Um, and I think they're probably looking for someone to buy the whole breed. Um, at the moment, the Italian um, Equestrian Federation rents 10 horses a year of him to train show jumpers. Okay, so um, there is uh, there is something uh, of a future there. Uh, we do have to leave it there, uh, Charlotte. Fascinating story, and thanks very much for talking to us today. Charlotte Eager, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.